Hello again, everybody. Welcome to localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm your host, Tim Yuma, and you've tuned into the podcast, Moving Up the Ladder, where we bring you experienced guests looking to give you the insight into some important topics, maybe a subject you're curious about, or really just to help you in your career overall. Now, today we're going to touch on a subject that a lot of people have written about, read about, had conversations about, but we might be looking at it from a little bit of a different angle. And we're actually going to be checking in with a project that is going on, really a movement, as you'll find out when we talk with our guest today. Our guest is Michelle Tenzik. She's the president of East 10th Group, and there she's able to utilize her 25 years in business to help bring us and anyone who's listening some insight and perspective into some of these areas of career and leadership, and especially focusing on the idea of women in these areas. And Michelle, we are happy to have you back on the show, so thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much, Tim. Delighted to be here. Now, I'll sort of give you the floor off the bat. Um, as I said, I alluded to a, a project, a movement that you're heavily involved in, had an idea for. Maybe just fill the listeners in a little bit on the overall idea and concept of what you are looking to have, really, with this other group of leaders. Sure. What I have founded is a movement called The Truth Behind Our Titles, Strength, Resilience, and Hope for the Professional Journey. And where this has been born out of is I've been thinking for quite some time about corporate and professional women and men and about the increasingly difficult paths that we have forged for ourselves, especially when we're high achieving and at the top of our game as top leaders and executives. And along that line, that there are times where we are facing very difficult adversities and challenges as we're achieving very top parts of our career, and yet we don't always feel we can talk about those more inner difficulties that we might be facing, and we keep them hidden for all different reasons. And so this movement, the truth behind our titles, really says it quite clearly, is it is our opportunity to really tell the true story about what it takes to really achieve these high levels, and sometimes what are the hidden difficulties that we face as top leaders and executives in our careers, and shedding a light on those difficulties so that they're not necessarily something that we need to be ashamed of or embarrassed to talk about in a public forum. Well, that was a great description of what you are looking to achieve and what you're looking to really have a conversation about with really everyone across the board. Of course, a, a focus on women as well. Now, when it comes to this idea, was there a need you felt, a certain area of, uh, of help that's needed for women, especially in these areas? Do you see specific challenges that maybe you yourself or colleagues that you've talked with that have come across that say, you know, this is sort of unique to our situations. Sure. Certainly, my own personal story is heavily weighted into why I have founded this movement, and it will culminate with the inaugural event on October 1st in New York City mm -hmm. at 5 p.m. at the Three West Club. And my own personal journey is one that started in 1994 when I was diagnosed with depression. And at the time, I was aggressively climbing the corporate ladder. And I was hopefully going to be a head of HR at some point in my career. I wasn't yet. And that became the undercurrent of my career for a very long time. And still to this day, mm -hmm. forms a lot about who I am as an executive and a highly accomplished woman. 
and yet it presents an enormous challenge from time to time in how I conduct myself in my business life. And certainly, I found that other senior women, and again, I'm going to mention men, have had their share of difficulties and challenges along the way and can also come across difficult adversities such as burnout, very difficult levels of emotional distress, things like women face and men. It can be domestic violence issues. Hmm. They can also face things like suicide. They can face deep mental issues. And yet those are kinds of topics, especially in the corporate sector, and especially the more senior we become, we tend to shy away from and not want to discuss or have the conversations in a more public way for fear of retribution. It's seen as a weakness. I may not be able to achieve as much. And I'm here to say from my own personal experience that even with my illness, I've been able to achieve greatly in my career. And so it's pulling back the curtain that regardless of adversity, we're able to achieve much. And there's a way to do it in a way that's healthy, within balance, and with strategies and support. Now, you mentioned, of course, the idea that you may not talk about this, and not you specifically, but in the obviously the universal sense for some of those various reasons. And I think everyone can relate to that probably on some level. Now, it might be to a grander scale, depending on the positions you're in, as you mentioned. I also saw a phrase just in doing some of the research and looking at the event and some of the uh, the text that you had out there, this idea of leaning in and that perhaps professional women specifically have leaned in a bit too far. Can you explain what that means and how that relates? You know, it's, it's really interesting what Sheryl Sandberg has put out in this past year with her book, Lean In, and, you know, what in totality does that really mean? And the need and the conversation for women today about our fight for equality, our fight for more positions as CEOs and Fortune 500 on boards and so forth. And I think that invites a conversation for many of us about you know, what else do we need to do and do we need to actually lean in even further to get further along in the journey that it takes for those types of positions. And what my argument is, is that we all have leaned in already so far and there's a price to be paid when we are leaning in. Mm. And some of that payment is with this emotional stress, with the stress that it is for being, for many women, mothers, wives, daughters, senior executives, and so forth, and all the demands that it takes, especially in today's environment, to run a very successful life on a 24-7 clock. And I think that the lean-in message can create some very mixed messaging to women today in terms of what more do we really have to do? And it can cause a serious additional price that isn't necessary for us to pay. Sure. Now, I think it's fascinating about this is um, just, again, in some conversations that I've had with individuals on both sides, male and female, it's almost to me, it seems like there's, it's sort of a, a positive and negative to this. The positive being that obviously there's a positive movement in that more women are being able to take on these roles and, and feel like they have the ability to move up the corporate ladder, as you've talked about. But then as you bring into it, there's sort of this downside that maybe we need to adjust for 
you talk about emotionally and just trying to figure it all out and balance it all out. And again, not just women, but everyone in general. When you discuss this with people through your experience, how do you sort of treat those sort of positives and negatives where you're not saying, you know, well, we just have to deal with this side of it because this is what we wanted, if that makes sense to you? Yeah, no, I think that's a great observation because I myself am a very high achiever and I make, you know, no excuses for it. I like being high achieving. I like being very highly successful. I put a lot of my time and effort into being a career-minded woman and put my energies in that. So I think that there is a need for us to focus and still be proud of those kinds of achievements. What I'm just suggesting in the movement that I'm founding and putting forth is just the idea of can we have a more full, integrated life and allow people to empower themselves to make decisions for themselves what that might be. I'm not in a position to decide or suggest to someone else what that looks like for them. They need to decide that for themselves. I've made the decisions for myself, what it looks like for me. Mm -hmm. And what our event is meant to do is we're going to be putting forth our stories and what we've each done for ourselves and allowing our audience then to decide for themselves what part of that resonates for them and what they may do on their own. But by no means do we want to direct or instruct what someone else should do. They can decide that for themselves. I think that's a very important point you bring up there. And I'm glad you did mention that because that was a question I was going to bring up myself. Actually, my wife and I had a conversation yesterday about people who maybe just follow the trend and they do what everyone else is doing. And then you might have other people who simply, well, I'm not going to do that because everyone else is doing that. And we see that as sort of being the same thing. But you are emphasizing here, you all are just going to go up there and have this discussion and, and really try to be open about it. But you want everyone else to be making those decisions on their own. That's exactly right. We want to empower others through what they hear to make their own decisions of what makes sense for their life. Because truthfully, Tim, I don't know each of our audience members personally right. or really professionally. I don't know when they walk out from our evening what life they're walking into that night or the next day. What I do know, however, is that for the 20 years that I've lived with the illness that I have lived with, I have never had one leader or executive ever say to me, Michelle, me too. I've lived with what you've lived with, and I still got the corner office. I've still managed a very prestigious career, and it's okay. You can do that too. That's what I want to leave our audience with, is that they don't feel alone, that there are other women like them, but they make choices for themselves. None of us, myself nor our panel, are in the position to dictate nor direct how someone else and what they should do personally for themselves. That's very well put. And I did want to ask, uh, as we are talking about the event, and again, as you hope, and uh, everyone involved hopes it's more than an event, it's really a movement, but on October 1st... Yes, very uh, much so. <laughs> correct. On October 1st uh, of this year, of 2014, are there any other highlights you can give us? Any sort of breakdown of what else might be involved? Obviously, you're, you're having these sort of conversations, you're opening up 
um, in the hopes that it will uh, basically allow everyone else to feel like, hey, I can do this as well, depending on their own situation, how they want to handle it. But can you give us maybe an idea of, of what else might be involved with everything going on? Sure. So what we're very excited about is, you know, we launched the event and the movement uh, at the end of June, and we already are over 25% sold out for the event on October 1st. What's happening is this is really resonating with executives and leaders and people in the corporate and professional sectors. Mm -hmm. This is not an audience, as you know, Tim, because this is the audience that you you know, that you talk to every week. This is an audience that really wants to have this kind of conversation. They want to understand that there's a possibility there might be a solution, that there might be hope, that there might be a way to manage their journey a little more comfortably. And how might we all on the panel be doing that? You know, we're all quite prestigious in our own right, all of us on the panel. Um, We have a a big media personality on the panel. We've got um, a couple of very prestigious lawyers. But candidly, as prestigious as some of us are, we're not too big that we're not relatable to the audience, Mm -hmm. myself included. I'm very relatable to the audience. I mean, I'm accomplished, but not so accomplished that my audience can't relate to me. I'm like my audience. And I think that's so important that we're, we're going to be reachable for everyone there and that we're going to leave them with things that they could do if they choose to do that. And then, of course, what we hope to happen, and my intent is that we would take this event to other cities. The likely city that will happen next is Philadelphia, and then we're going to go from there. So we're already encouraged by the reaction we're getting through our press release, through having an interview like this with you today and with what's to come. Well, it definitely sounds like something that uh, would, as you said, drum up a bunch of interests and uh, maybe a little different perspective on what people look at in terms of, as you said, high achievers. Of course, you think of those executive type positions and, and anybody who's sort of trying to move up the corporate ladder as we've been talking about. We are getting a little low on time. I think, again, I think you've done a terrific job of breaking down sort of the idea behind it, why it, it is truly necessary in, in many of your minds, both to help really anyone paying attention to any of the conversations that we've been having, as well as in the media. But I wanted to give you the floor here at the end, anywhere you want to go with it as far as emphasizing the idea of this movement, empowerment in general, um, just to give you the last opportunity here to give the audience a takeaway as we wrap up the show today. Sure. Thank you. What I just would love to leave the audience with is that we truly believe that there is so much strength and hope for all of us who are leading these high achieving, you know, at the top of your game lives and journeys in our careers, and that there's an opportunity to invite in a more open and honest dialogue, even if it's just with one other colleague, about really what goes on with our fuller lives so that we can even dig deeper within ourselves to ensure that we have all the support and strategies necessary to be highly successful in whatever we're choosing to do. All right, perfect. Thank you, Michelle. I appreciate you coming on and discussing this with us today. Thank you so much, Tim. And once again, that was our guest, Michelle Tenzik. She's the president of East 10th Group. And again, if you listen early on in our conversation here, you can find out a lot about this event and really, as we've been talking about, a movement to help in these certain situations. Of course, as per usual, if you'd like to reach out to us with any feedback or any comments, 
Just email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also find us on Twitter at the LJN. Use hashtag LJNRadio to dive into those conversations on Twitter as well. For everyone here at LJN Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody. 